Do you make lemonade when life wants to throw you lemons? Well, that's exactly what today's guest, Susan Wheeler, does. She's a successful entrepreneur, mindset coach, and author of The Lemonade Diet. And she'll be sharing with you her journey and the tips and tools she uses to step through adversity. So if you're ready to make lemonade, join us for this inspiring episode. Welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. This is the show where women share their experiences of their peri to post-menopause transition and where experts empower and educate you around different aspects of living well and having a positive mindset. I am your host, Clarissa Christensen. I'm a menopause transition specialist and I am also a speaker and an author. I have a deep passion that women can thrive through this time of life with the right support and knowledge. So join me each week as I interview a different guest on a different aspect of this, probably the biggest transition in a woman's life. Well, hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. And you will know that I talk a lot about mindset and that our mindset around menopause is everything. How we approach this time of life is the single biggest thing that is going to influence how we feel about ourselves and how well we are able to manage our emotions and our symptoms. And so today I have a really wonderful guest who I know is a leading mindset coach. She's also the author of The Lemonade Diet, which I'm just dying to hear more about. Welcome to the podcast, Susan Wheeler. Thank you for having me, Clarissa. I'm excited to be here. Well, that's great. I mean, first of all, Susan, just tell my listeners more about you and how you came to be an author and a mindset coach. Well, it's been a long journey, so it's a lifelong journey. I didn't just one day wake up and decide to do that. I, I've been... Um, my book, The Lemonade Diet, is about when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've had different trials and tribulations. And I found that the best way to deal with anything was to create a silver lining, find one, and have a positive mindset. And over the years, the, the book just evolved. And it was written intentionally last year. And uh, it, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a message I like to share because I think a positive mindset can, can conquer almost anything. Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. And I think that's Rachel, you talked about silver linings. How, how do you kind of define that, Susan? Well, I don't think I think everything in life is a lesson. And when something happens to us, we can look at it like something is happening for us because we cannot prevent many things that are happening. And if we, if we take what is happening and find the good in it or find the positive, or most people look at a, a problem as a roadblock and I look at it as a detour. I'm very headstrong <laughs> and I, I like to accomplish things. So we're always getting roadblocks. That's 
inevitable. And a lot of people will hit a roadblock and just turn around and go back to their comfort zone. Mm. And I hit a roadblock and I think, okay, I don't like this. This is not the plan, but what can I do to get around it? Yeah. And that's such a great way to approach it, isn't it? Because we can use that in all aspects of our life, can't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. And how has that helped you in your own, you know, development in your business and in your personal life? You know, what have been the really, you know, key moments where that kind of approach has helped you? Well, I think that anytime, anytime we're faced with something and we overcome, it, it's one more step on the ladder to know that, wow, I, I was able to get beyond this. For example, many years ago, I had a terrible accident and I fell from a balcony and broke many bones in my body, including my back, shattered my pelvis. I, I was immobile. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was an injury that could have could have taken my life. It was that that devastating. And obviously I'm fine. <laughs> and I and I got through it. It was a long journey. And then many years later, I became a runner. So I had never been a runner before. So it was really liberating for me. And, and I'm not just a, I've run marathons, ultra marathons, and this was, I never ran before this accident. So it was a pretty, pretty profound thing for me to do. And while I was training, I was a little older. So people would say, well, you need to cross train and do different things. <laughs> and what I found was that I would do some cross training and I got a bike. And I loved it until I had a bike accident and really hurt myself again. I broke all my ribs. My lung was punctured and collapsed. But I remember, I can clearly remember that night lying in the hospital bed going, I'm, I'm going to beat this. As broken as I was, I knew I would get out there and I would run again and I would bike again and it would. So I I think if we use some things that happen in our life as a, as a lesson, as sort of uh, just something that can, that, that we can build on. Yeah. I mean, that's huge to have really two big accidents like that. A lot of people would be be crushed by that. A lot of people. And I remember when I had my first accident, I was in a rehab center for about a month. And I was learning to walk again and care for myself. And when I got out, I really wanted to speed up the process. I was only 34 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was a single mom. I had a little boy at home. and. I wanted to get back to my life. And I cannot tell you the people that wanted me to slow down, take it easy, don't do that. And I wasn't doing anything crazy. I wasn't, I wasn't even a runner at the time. So I wasn't trying to do anything, but just manage through my day-to-day life. But so many people wanted me to stop what I was doing and slow down and back off. And, and, and what I learned 
even back then, which is more than 20 years ago, that's a mindset that most people take on. They take on the mindset of what's the least I can do. And, and, and I believe that if you have the mindset, what is the most I can do? What is the best I can do? How can I get better quickly? Because I really could have, I was in a wheelchair. I went from a wheelchair to a walker, to crutches, to a cane. And at age 34, young mom, I didn't want to be, I didn't want that to be my life. But when I graduated from each step, are you sure you shouldn't still be in your wheelchair? No, <laughs> never going back. No. And so it, it really, it, it does take a mindset of positivity. And then, but my point of going to the second accident was that I knew I, I knew I would get better somehow, some way it was going to mm-hmm. take some time, but you know, so you can build on those things. Yeah. And it feels like you weren't willing to fit into other people's um, boundaries and spaces that they wanted to place on you, Susan. Never, <laughs> never, <laughs> never. My mom used to say, oh, Susan, watch out for Susan. Here she comes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still a very long process, wasn't it? I mean, to go from being in a hospital bed to running a marathon didn't happen quickly, did it? It did not happen quickly. And the reason I decided to even become a runner is I had a girlfriend, one of my closest friends, and she was pregnant with her third son and was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So she had to endure that pregnancy with chemotherapy. So a pregnancy is difficult, A. Chemotherapy is difficult and put the two together. And I wanted to show my support for her in a big way. So a lot of a lot of girlfriends will shave their heads and, <laughs> in support. And I thought that was that was it was fine, but I didn't want anyone to think I was sick. I wanted to do something that was really going to be hard for me. And that's how I became a runner. So about six years after that major accident, and I still was was arthritic and uncomfortable, but I decided, wow, if I could run a race, that would really show my support. So, so that's, that's what I did. And, and, and now I'm, I'm losing track of, uh, I want to follow up and be sure I'm answering your question or your that's thought. Why. I mean, I think it's just that journey and how long that journey was. And you need a big why too, you know, that's the thing. So that really pushed me out of my comfort zone. Mm. But you know what, Clarissa, it taught me that, that I wanted to do that to be, be supportive of her. So we always make things about ourselves. And if it's just for ourselves, we often take the easy way out. True. Yeah. So I did something that was difficult and you know, what ended up happening is it was amazing for my body. And I ended up healing even better. I don't, I have no aches and pains. Wow, that's um, amazing. I mean, that's a very strong mindset. When you actually went through that process, did you draw on any particular approaches, tools, anybody that inspired you on that journey? People that inspired me were people that I didn't even know 
people that I was reading about, people that I saw on television. There was actually a runner who was running a marathon in every state. And I always admired running because it doesn't look pretty. It's not easy. And it's really not always fun when you're doing it. (laughs) But I thought there's got to be something to this. And for me, becoming a runner actually really helped build my mindset because we are not running with our bodies. We are running with our minds. We have to tell Mm -hmm. ourselves, don't quit, keep going. You've got this, you know, just, you know, just keep going. And that was a really great foundation for me. And when I learned that, and of course not everyone's, I wouldn't recommend that everyone goes out and runs because it's not for everyone. But what it taught me was that mindset was such a an important thing that I actually became certified as a mindset coach because most things that we go through in our life, you really need a strong mindset and that that's the cure-all. Yeah. And that's so true. And I think what you said there was that having a big why, having a motivation to, to keep going was so important for you. And, and this case was your friend, but you also write that running is not, or actually anything we do is very rarely a physical thing. And, and very rarely that we, um, and we're very willing to give up. So I think we are often when we do it just, oh, you know, it's why we say, oh yeah, I'll go to the gym. But actually if there's no why behind it, uh, we never get there. It's why things get crossed out of our diary, isn't it? That is such a truth. We, without that why, and that's why I always talk about accountability partners and actually speaking into existence what your intentions are, because if we keep it to ourselves, we will disappoint ourselves so much quicker than we will disappoint a friend or let someone down. I can't think of a time that I've ever, if I said I was meeting someone there, if I couldn't be there, I would definitely say, I'm sorry, I can't make it. But 99% of the time, if I, I do not let people down, but, but it's easier to let yourself down. And we do it all the time. We do it all the time. That's very true. And we find an excuse for why we haven't done whatever it is. And, and that's not necessarily only about things like exercise or running. It's about everything. It's why we don't um, eat the way we do. It's why we don't dress our stress. It's, yeah, I mean, and we encounter it. And I think we all know that there are parts of ourselves that we've done that to as well over in our lifetime. Absolutely. And it still happens. So I still have to catch myself. And even writing this book was a big deal because I can't tell you how many times I in earnest started writing my book in February of last year, 2019. But prior to that, I had been writing and and then talking myself out of it. And well, who would, who cares about this? And you know, maybe this story isn't very good. And, you know, if the words weren't coming together and I was having a bad writing day, I I could put it away for months. So that, that was something that I had to say, yes, I'm just going to sit down and do it. So it's, it's easy, even still, even as a mindset coach to talk yourself, because it was something new. I've never written a book before. 
So all those doubts and come up, did they? And they came up for you as well. And I think that gives a lot of hope to people. If, if that happens to a mindset coach, then, you know, I need to work on it too. It's not automatic for you. It's, it's not. It's always something you have to be mindful of. But I will say it gets easier the more you practice it and the more you persevere and you find a way, find a way around, through, across. When you, when you can solve things, you, you will cut yourself a little more slack. That's for sure. That, that's true. And, and I think what you're talking there is about finding a way around instead of what going straight through <laughs> exactly there's more than one way so i'm not here to say that what i do is the perfect way or the right way or the only way i'm saying it's my way and i encourage people to find their way so my my why to start running and i'll tell you i had been going to this race in town for years And every year I'd say, well, next year I'm going to run this race. And I was physically fit at the time and I never did it. And it took me being broken and not only broken, but having a friend that was, you know, fighting for her life Mm -hmm. to, to actually push myself to, to do that. So finding a why, a bigger purpose. So if there's something you're putting off, maybe it means nothing, but if it's tugging at you you need to figure it out. That's a great piece of advice, actually. That 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 little niggling voice and listening to it um, that comes back and then you need to work out how you're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, rather than ignoring it. And I think that's also very true that if things don't mean anything to us, we don't, we don't make the effort to change because there isn't that, that pull. Right, it, a why is very important very important. And you don't know what it is. And I never knew what it was. And when, and so it's not, it's not, it's always different. It's always changing, but you definitely have to have a reason to, you know, to get yourself where you need to go. Yeah. And I'm thinking about a lot of the listeners here, many of them are going through their menopause journey. Uh, They're bombarded with, information of what they're supposed to do and not do by every health person and doctor. And a lot of them don't make the changes that they need to, to make. And I, and I really feel that what you've, you've really said here, Susan, is if there's not a why, then we're not going to, and just not even not feeling a bit well or something might not be enough of a motivation. You know, there's, there's so many, so much advice out there, right? What to, (laughs) how do you even get through it all? There's just so many things. And I really think that it's important to sort of take it all in, but figure out what, you know, what works for you. I, I remember being a young mother And so everything we go through is the first time, right? And as a young mom, probably 20 different people told me 20 different ways I should be burping my baby. (laughs) 
And then I end up having a baby that's colicky because I don't even, I'm afraid to birth the baby. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing it the right way or the wrong way. Oh and goodness. when I'm with this person, they want me to do it this way. So you really have to experiment with, with advice and figure out what works, what works for you, no matter what it is. And even in the mindset thing, I don't claim to know every single, every single thing. And I will give my best advice, but I'd like people to try, try different things and see, see what fits. Mm. And I think you mentioned something really important as well about accountability partners. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love you just to share a little bit more about, you know, for people who haven't had an accountability partner, what, what is an accountability partner and, and how can you work with them to, to make that relationship really work for for you really well? And, And sometimes you're accountable for them too. Absolutely. So it's the, it's the sisterhood for me. I probably would not have become an ultra marathon runner if it was not for accountability partners. Because if someone said they were meeting me at 5 a.m. in the dark with a headlamp on in the middle of the woods somewhere, I was not going to leave them alone to get eaten by a bear, right? (laughs) I would get up and if it was raining, it didn't matter. So Running really taught me the purpose of accountability partners and the and the significance. But then, as I got into my network marketing business and I was working with other people as a team, because we really, if you think about it, we do nothing alone. Every everything we do takes teamwork, mm-hmm. and I had to show up as a leader for my team. Because if I wasn't there, I could not expect my team to show up. So I learned accountability there. When I had my first two babies, I was much younger. When I had my second two babies, I needed to do some Weight Watchers. (laughs) And we started a email group and we called ourselves Skinny Girls and we all had weight to lose, but the name of the group was Skinny Girls. And we'd show up and we'd talk about what we were eating or share recipes. So like I said before, we'll break a promise to ourselves, but we're not going to make break a promise to other people. So it's important to state your intentions, to grab link arms with a couple of people that you know, they need you to hold them accountable but they're going to also hold you accountable. It's like the person that quits smoking cigarettes, but they don't tell anyone because they know if they're going to go back to smoking, they don't want anyone saying, hey, I thought you said you quit smoking. So stating your intentions is one big Thing, but you got to be ready. You've got to be ready. You know, you've got to be ready enough. You don't have to be a hundred percent, but you have to be over 50%. And, and then when you state your intentions and then you get an accountability partner, it takes you the rest of the way. Yeah. And I think that's such a fantastic thing for anybody to reach out. And for women, I think that I'm working with and who listen to this show there's so many habits we would like to break, you know, that would make us feel better and other things we want to take up. But you're right. If we've got someone there who is, you know, our wing woman, our sister, whoever it is, then we have to show up for that person. You're right. Just like you showed up in the running and the, and the weight loss. So people here, 
maybe finding certain things very difficult and maybe they're not even supported by a partner, but they need a different accountability partner to actually get over the hurdles. Absolutely. And, and when you, one of the things that I have found along the way is that we think our family and our best friends are the ones, and usually they're not, usually they're not. So, and it's not, it's not, uh, Against, something against them. But what happens is if you're going to make some positive changes in your life, you're, you're growing, you're growing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And your if your friends and family, they, they like you just how you are, right? They're used to of you. Course. You're comfortable. Yeah. And yeah. that's the comfort zone. So sometimes you need someone else to really, because they're going to hold you accountable. If you're, if you're, the the mom that's making all these fabulous desserts and then you want to cut out the fabulous desserts because you want to lose some weight, your family still wants the fabulous desserts, right? So if you're having a moment of caving in, they're not going to say, mom, you stick this out. We're with you. They're going to say, no, mom, we want those fabulous desserts back. And they do. And I I think that's, that's the same, or you change and you become this really positive dynamic person. And they're used to having mom at home who is a little bit negative and does their bidding. That can be a fair bit of tension between you and, and the, and your most loved ones. So I think that's a great piece of advice. Sometimes it's good to choose someone who doesn't have a vested interest in the way that you are right now, maybe even someone you don't know that well, but who is a great person that you connect with. Absolutely. Accountability partners are found in the, in the oddest places and don't, you don't know you're looking for them, but you, you find them. And some of my very best running friends, I never knew, I never got to know until I was literally out there running and they've proven to be friends in every other way as well. I think that is amazing. I mean, that for me feels like a a big different dimension than we often hear about mindset. We hear a lot about resilience and the way you think, but actually I love the way you say that it's either doing it for someone and having an accountability, your why and your accountability are the things that make the biggest steps forward, make you take leaps forward. It really does. It makes you step up to the step up to the plate and live up to your word. Because when you have someone that that is looking up to you and counting on you, you always show up with your your best self. And I'm not saying you can't have a bad day or whatnot, but you're not only doing something for you, you're doing something for someone else. And I'm a big proponent of the, the, the people, the five people you spend the most time with. I think if we spent more time together, you and I, I would have an accent, a beautiful accent like you. Because <laughs> that's what happens, right? Yeah. We pick things up, we pick up characteristics. So it is so important when you are working on your mindset to be around people that that are positive that are forward thinking that are going to help you be better not drag you back they're going to push you forward yeah and that's true that you are the sum of the five 
closest people that you have in your life. I think people will have heard that many times. And and it is true that in our workplaces and in our friendship networks, we can often find that there are a lot of negative people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's places we cannot avoid it. So I think that I've actually never worked in it. I, I've pretty much always been self-employed. So I hear stories of workplace um, you know, having difficulties, but I've never actually really experienced it myself. So, but you can't get away from it, right? You can't get away from it because you have to show up every day. And when you think about how much of your time is spent in a certain environment, of course. So working on your mindset is something you have to do intentionally. You have to be intentional about it. Listening to podcasts, uh, reading books, surrounding yourself. I go to lots of conferences too. Outside of my company conferences, I love to go to women's conferences and just hear story after story of positivity. Yeah. And I definitely really feel that too, that I try to have, you know, the same kind of networks of positive people that I work with. We don't moan. We talk about the good stuff. We move forward. And that's the same advice I give to women about Facebook groups. You know, be really careful about the Facebook group you join. Take a real good look at the the threads because, gosh, a lot of them are down on themselves, down on their partners, down on other people. And that creates a certain vibe that that this is then the, the narrative that's out there about whatever it is. But certainly <laughs> this midlife, it becomes a conversation along with the media's conversation, uses very emotive language, which is not helping at all. It, it does not. And when you mention that, I think about social media because I'm, I have a big presence on social media. That's where, that's where I live. But when people, when I will maybe meet someone and say, you know, we should connect on Facebook. I've had people say to me, oh, I don't, I don't do Facebook. And I'll say, why not? And they'll say, well, you know, it's, it's so negative and I don't want everybody knowing, you know, my business. Well, I don't put anything on there that I wouldn't sit here and talk with you about or my family. So there's, there's nothing on there that's private or personal or whatever, but the, the negativity uh, factor, I don't get that on my Facebook page. And I think we also have to remember that we attract like likenesses. So if you're feeling that your Facebook page is negative, then you really be honest with yourself and say, what am I attracting? Because honestly, I don't have negativity. It doesn't happen on my page. No, it, it just, it doesn't. And I'd like to say, maybe I, I, I can't even think of it. <laughs> I really no, can't even no, think of it. I- no, and, and, and talking to you here, Susan, I can see that because you don't have negative, a negative sort of message or language. So, you know, that's what we attract. If we try and put up positive things, not necessarily sort of happy, clappy things, but things that are, are with a positive tone, even if things are difficult, like you talked about your accident. I mean, that could have a spun any way you'd wanted it. But by not doing that, we attract people who want to support us and and help us and and listen to our story and be inspired by it. 
Exactly. And don't, don't get me wrong. I do get mad when my kids don't clean their room. <laughs> that doesn't make me happy. No. <laughs> so, so I'm not, I'm not always smiling, but uh, seriously, we, we all have, have our moments. We can't ignore everything. I, I still, still want things a certain way, but we have to, I, I like to call it spilled milk because what happens when there's spilled milk, we could, we could get in an uproar and get so upset about it, but all you can do is wipe it up and move on. That's yeah. it. So we get so upset uh, about things that we can't control. And I just think the positive, especially now with everything that, you know, our world is going through, we could sit here and I'm mindful of it. I'm aware of it. I, I pray for everyone to get through this safely and whatnot, but what can I do? I just have to stay in a good place because if I'm in a good place, the people around me will be in a good place. And then hopefully it just keeps going and going and going. And, and most of the people that I associate with are in a positive place right now, Mm -hmm. not because the world is in a positive place, but because we just have to we just have to ride this out. So better to do it, not kicking and screaming, but say, what can I do? What am I grateful for? What do I have right now? I can't look at the things I can't do and I don't have, um, you know, like a, you know, I need to have my hair done, but guess what? <laughs> no, nobody's hair is done. No. And my, my fingernails aren't painted and it's fine because no one's going to see me anyway. And I'm just focusing on all the things that I have and that I can do. Yeah. And I think that's such great advice at this time when we're struggling, but also as a, as a global world, but even inside our own smaller sphere of influence that that is often the best way to approach it, you know, to be grateful, to look at what you can change and let the rest of it go. Because, and also I think about looking back, I mean, you mentioned that we can't change what happened, even what happened a minute ago. We can learn from it. We can apologize for it sometimes if we've been less than nice, but we can't actually change what happened. No, but we can change going forward. So it's learning a lesson and and going forward with that. I had a, um, when I was younger, one of the stories I wrote about in my book was that my dad died when I was 16 and he was 49 years old and had a massive heart attack. But just before he died, probably an hour before he died, which I did not expect, I had stormed out of the house. And he was teasing me. He wasn't being mean, but, you know, just, he loved to just kind of, you know, and I took it, I blew it all out of proportion, slammed out of the house and I never saw him again. Wow. And when, when, like you just said, when you say something or do something, you get apologize for that. Right. I couldn't apologize. I could not apologize to him. And I must say it was eating me alive because I didn't expect it. And then there was nothing I could do about it. So it was tragic enough just to lose him, Mm -hmm. but then to not be able to make things right. So in a, in a long, long lesson, my silver lining was going forward. I 
never leave a conversation or a person on a note that I would have to regret. So I, I, with my kids, I always tell them I love them. And even though they, they're, and they're great now they're older, but you know, (laughs) the younger teens can say things that are a little hurtful. And I would, it, it, it didn't, because what I did think is that my father died thinking I hated him. Oh, so it, it it was it was really hard to get through, but like you say, you can't go back and change things, yeah. but you can go forward and make things different. So mm-hmm. I am absolutely at peace with how my father, our relationship was because he knew and going forward, I think he would be very disappointed if I did not learn a lesson from that. (laughs) And I think he's very proud of me that I did. So that is definitely something that we have to think of. We are all going to make some kind of mistake. We're not perfect. I still make mistakes, but the, the lesson is don't make that mistake over and over again. No, that's great advice. And and Susan, if you had a couple of key tips that you would give to the listeners to begin on a journey to cultivating a, a stronger and more positive mindset, what would that be? Well, I'm going to give you a couple tips from the back of my book. I have 12 tips that people can use to get started. I won't give you them all, but I will tell you it's an acronym, Lemonade Diet, and every letter has a tip. The first one for L is let it go. Mm-hmm. And that is so important. We hold on to past hurts and regrets, and we let them shape our our everything we do. And you know what it does? It holds us back. So letting go, there is freedom in letting go. And in, in keeping with your, your topic of your podcast, I'm, I'm going to tell you embrace change. We are always changing. We are always evolving. And I think it's important to not look back and say, well, it used to be that way. I call it the new normal. Mm. So figure out a way to embrace the new normal. And guess what? That will change again too. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it will change. So embrace change. And when you, when you become comfortable with embracing change, you're not going to hang on to the past. And let's see. Um, you know what? Decide. That's the D in diet, decide. Most people stay stuck where they are because they haven't made a decision. Mm -hmm. So I think making a decision, just make a decision. You can change it, but make a decision, decide. That is beautiful, Susan. Thank you so much for sharing those tips. Where can people get in contact with you, learn more about what you do, get hold of your book? Awesome. Well, the the easiest way is um, to go to my website. My website is Susan at, uh, no, that's my email. I'm sorry. My (laughs) website is is SusanVWheeler.com. My email is Susan at SusanVWheeler.com, yeah. but SusanVWheeler.com, that's where I, you can link to my book, The Lemonade Diet. You can buy it on Amazon. It's in Kindle 
or paperback. And for people that want a signed copy, if they are living in the United States, I can uh, get a Venmo or PayPal from them and I will sign a copy and send it out. It's so hard now because I've had to cancel my book tour and hopefully someday when we're all able to hug and hold hands again, (laughs) uh, I, I will, I will get that underway, but best way. And I'm on Instagram, uh, you can find me Susan underscore V Wheeler and I am on Facebook at Susan V Wheeler. That is wonderful. Susan, thank you for coming in, sharing your incredible story and some really great tips and thought starters around a more positive mindset. So we can really, you know, as you say, let go, embrace change and decide. You're awesome. Thank you. I just love this. You're the best. Have a great day. You too. Mindset, it really is everything. I think Susan just shared such an amazing personal story and really got, I hope, all of us thinking that we can overcome adversity if we put our mind to it. Check out her website and take a look at her book, The Lemonade Diet. And if you're a woman that is going through the peri to post menopause and you would like to thrive rather than survive, then connect with me, Clarissa Christensen, at clarissachristensen.com. Let's start a conversation how I could help you. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. We'll be back next week with another great interview on thriving through menopause. Until then, go well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.